What is up, everybody? Welcome to another live episode of What's Brewing, the live stream here in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC Sports Media Company, brought to you by the one and only FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Nozick, joined as always by Mr. Mike Sullivan, my co-host. Mike, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm excited for tonight's show. Have you recovered is the question. Have I recovered? Can you watch hockey again? I honestly like kind of, but I still get a weird sinking feeling in my gut. Like, God damn it. Like, I can't believe the season's over, but, um, plenty of, you know, solid series going on in the league. Um, I'm not that depressed about it. Certainly sad, but you know, life goes on. You got to keep moving forward. The, uh, to the next phase, if you will, Yes, Uh, we do have comments bumping in, but before we go any further, this is definitely someone who goes to FanDuel.com slash Boston and claims their <laughs> welcome bonuses from your other show. We finally have something brewing here on What's Brewing. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Mr. Nick Melanson. Nick, how are you? Oh, what, what an intro. intro. What's up, boys? Thanks for having me. Oh, and we already got some comments, as I mentioned. We've got Jeremy. What's up? Uh, party people. We are partying oh, yeah. people. Sweet. Hell yeah. And the one and only from the short shift, Mr. Andrew Johnson in the comments yes, as well. Andrew, a frequent flyer of the guest appearances here on the show. Looking forward to getting him on during the offseason. Uh, talk some prospects and stuff. I hope he is able to tune in in the comments for quite some time because one of the big things that I want to do today is go around the league. I hope with he is this able big to topic tune in, in the comments of trading a goaltender. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. this has been the number one reaction. Trade a goaltender. Trade. Omar is the one that keeps coming up when, when people mention it. Now, I put a poll out there. Thanks to you guys and everybody over at BNG. We got over 500 votes on this poll. All right. 43% of people said to trade Omar. 45% of people said to trade neither goaltender. That is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. It was, yeah, it was tight. What do you guys think of those numbers? It, I mean, it was close. You get, you look at the entire situation as a whole. You look at the cap salary or the the salary cap situation that the Bruins are in. Look, we had a great year last year, but you got to move forward. You have to move forward, no matter what. And one of those moves might be a goalie. As much as that hurts, um, you got to re-sign Swayman. Allmark is making, I believe, five mil. Yep. You gotta at least explore it. You gotta at least explore it. But the, but in terms of the poll, god damn, it was tight. It was tight. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, that the poll was a lot closer than I thought it would be. For the record, I would like to say that I voted neither. I don't want either of them <laughs> to go. But like yeah. what Sully mentioned, I mean, if you were to trade Allmark, it'd be some quick cap relief that five million dollar cap hit. But I mean, I don't want to see either of them go, especially too because I don't know. Like thinking about both of them playing together, I know Sully and I mentioned this before. We're like, I wonder how much of the impact of the two of them being the one-two goalie system, how much that impact their success as a unit overall. Like I know. Like we, I don't know. Like it's just I like Lena Solmark and Swin Jeremy Swim playing together, and and that's something I would like to see continue. But I, I think about the salary cap relief too as well. But I don't know. I'm glad it's not my call. So, yeah. so I specifically worded the question: just Are you trying to get rid of them? One of them? Which one? 
both and neither were also options. So 2% of people said they would trade both of them. (laughs) (laughs) So over about 10 people said they would trade both goaltenders. And 10% said they would trade Jeremy Swayman. And I'm guessing it's because of the pay bump, the salary cap. That was the number one thing in all the comments section. Um, Because I I wanted to know what were people looking to get for these goaltenders. And the reason why, and I want to ask you guys what your thoughts are on Aside from cap relief, because that is the only reason why you would trade one of these guys. And more so Allmark, because he already has the contract. Aside from cap relief, what are you looking to get in return for one of these goaltenders? Nick, you want to go first? Yeah, no. I mean, I was going to say, I honestly have no idea. Like, I don't even know what Omar's value is because, I mean, there's no way he's going to have a season like what he just did last year, like thinking about next season. And also, like, I don't know what his injury is. Like, he's 30 years old. I don't know if it's a hip injury. I mean, we all saw how fast Tuka Rask kind of fell off as soon as he hurt his hip. So I don't know what a team would offer to pay for him, but um, I'm still kind of afraid of going the whole draft pick route because I don't know. I would rather get a stab, whether it be, I don't think you're going to get a veteran, but I would like to bring some young talent in here. But, um, like, it all depends on what his, what his value is worth. Because, like, I honestly, at this point, I have no idea what they could get for him. I, I think you you, tar- you got to target a young player who plays the center position. you got your wingers. you got your defensive depth. you got two aging centers playing first and second line in Pergeron and Krejci. I think you, you have to reestablish that center depth. So – Here's my concern. Jeremy says he wants to go grab a drink, which I don't blame him <laughs> because Brandon is asking when Panthers Bruins game nine is. Uh, <laughs> Toronto, how they feel about us playing the Panthers one more time? Yeah, <laughs> maybe replaying game seven. How, how's that? We want Florida looking for you, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. See, the reason why I want to bring this up is because to your point, uh, Nick, the value of either one of them is very, very minimal. And, and I know everyone wants to throw the the Vesna win, the 20-plus wins, all that stuff, but no one's actually looking at the goaltending market right now. And, yeah, Jeremy Swayman is a solid RFA option, but he's not the only one. You know, um, Gustafson in Minnesota, he's an yeah. RFA. Who, which RF? Let me ask you this: Which RFA? If you're going to extend an offer, would you rather extend it to Swayman, Gustafson, Decord out of Seattle, who again he's just an option, yeah. Mackenzie Blackwood, Ilya Samsonov, Eric Schalgren, Connor Ingram? They're all RFAs. I mean, the, the top two in that list are definitely Swayman and Gustafson, for sure. And, and Swayman is more established than Gustafson, I would argue. So here's my question. If you're, gonna, if you're just going to flat out make an offer for an RFA, what, what would you offer Swayman? And for Sway? Yep. Depends on the term. But say, say it's a bridge deal, right? Say it's like two or three years. Yep. Two, two or three years – Three and a half mil. Three and a half. Three and a half. Nick, what are your thoughts on that? I think I would do about the same. I don't think I would go more than four, though. Because just thinking, if you were to keep both of them, I know, I mean, what's Omar's cap at five mil? If they're going to, I don't think Omar's going to have the same production next year that he did this year. But if he has 
three quarters of what he did this year. I mean, nine mil collectively for an elite pairing, if they are able to play somewhat similar to how they did this year, I would do that. But then again, like we were just mentioning, like what the state of your team looking moving forward, like with pending retirements, free agency, whatever's going to happen. Like I have absolutely no idea. So like it's let's, let's go with Mike's number then three and a half to four. First of all, if you're Boston, are you matching that offer? Let's say it's a bridge three-year deal, four million dollars. Are you are you matching that if you're Boston? For sure, yeah. If not, you get a second-round pick in in return. What's more valuable, the second-round pick, or having him locked in for three years at four mil? Swayman, Swayman is more valuable. Yeah. Okay, so now the teams that can do that. Let me know if you think any of these teams are going to drop four mil and a second-round pick to get Jeremy Swayman, the Ducks. They probably would. They <laughs> <laughs> under contract. Yeah. So now you're bringing in Swayman. Maybe if you deal Gibson. Yes. Right. Right. They would have to. They would probably have to make other moves according in in you know to make it work. And Gibson would probably be a part of that. Now I think, what, they, I think they want to move Gibson anyways. But well, that's just it. If Gibson is now available, if you're a cup contending team right now, would you rather have? John Gibson for the next four years or, or Omar for the next two. With Probably, the information you have right now. With the information right now regarding, you know, Allmark's injury too, depending on what that is, you, you would probably be safer rolling with Gibson in this moment. Think about what Gibson can offer you. Right. John Gibson is exactly what Linus Omar was in Buffalo. Right, right, right. Has the goaltender on a shit team. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm going to go Gibson. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, so I'd rather pay – let's just deal in picks here. A, a late first-round pick versus an early second-round pick. I'd rather give up the early first-round pick and get the guy with four more years versus the second-round pick for the guy with only two more years possibly a debilitating injury that we don't know right. anything about and oh by the way has to wave a no movement clause to come to my team and if you're if you're the ducks uh, also on the on the list would be the coyotes the sabers the flames the hurricane <laughs> the, the canes are the one the canes are the biggest wild card i think when it comes to the goaltending market yeah the caveat to that, though, is they have Kochekov signed that, for the next four years. That's what I was going to say. It, it all depends on what they do with Kochekov. Like, he could have been in the league this year. So, to this question, to this comment, Jeremy, Gibson's only one year older. Yep. Right. He's, if I'm not mistaken, he is only one year older. I'm going to double check on that right now. And, um, and, yep. and that's, that's crazy. Because John Gibson has been established in the NHL as an as an elite goalie for so much longer than Linus Allmark has. Believe it or not, they are actually the exact same age. Right, and that's crazy because if you think of John Gibson, you think he's like thirty five years old. But you you think he's so old. And and Gibson is six point four mil. So you're spending one point four more. Now here's the thing, for that higher pick. Uh, obviously, with with the so the Ducks in this predicament are the, the like I said the Ducks the Yotes, um, the Blackhawks the Blue Jackets 
like they're all ones that you're going to get a lot more information on their direction in about an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Because if, if the ducks go out and they get Connor Bedard, if they win the Bedard sweepstakes tonight, they get the number one pick. Uh, if I'm them, I'm moving Gibson. I'm gaining a little bit more draft capital and I'm trying to jumpstart that rebuild. Cause you've already got a bunch of young talent around there, you know, and would Allmark fit that? No, Swayman might, but when it comes to where they're at their cap space, they're the ones that would worry me about a deal that I can't match. Right. But if Anaheim is going to offer me a deal that I can't match for Swayman, now they're putting Bedard at risk. If they go too high on that offer, they're going to have to include their own first-round pick. Yes. Boy, I hope yep. they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, you know, the like I said, the, the Canes are the ones that I'm more worried about. But with the signing of Kochekov, they're looking for a number two. They're not looking for a number one. Right. And, you know, they're looking for a guy like, a Martin Jones and, you know, maybe re-sign Auntie Ranta for a little less, you know, a Freddie Anderson, um, you know, someone like that. Hell, even Alex Lyon, he just wiped the floor with our asses, yeah. you know, like <clears throat> free agency is after the draft. Yes, it is. So they'll know what their direction is. You know, even Detroit, they're a team that's going to know what their direction is. Detroit has a very small outside shot at winning the Bedard sweepstakes. They do. Uh, I actually have right here a list of all the percentages that people that the teams have in the top 16. I mean, even Nashville has a small chance. Like, name a team on this list. I mean, just looking at these ones, if they get Connor Bedard, are they going to all of a sudden just start to jump and go all in? Pittsburgh? They, sh- they should. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, St. Louis. Washington. Oh my God. Montreal. Montreal is another massive wild card because they had so many injuries this year and Columbus. I was just, I was just imagining Connor Bedard on Buffalo. And I was thinking the same oh thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. They were, Do you want him to be in the Atlantic though? No, I, I no. <laughs> but I mean, Oh my God. Whatever team is going to get him. It's it's he's Connor McDavid 2.0. Like, he's yeah. going to change the entire franchise. There's a lot of talent in this draft, though. There's a Adam Fantilli, number two. If you get number two, mm-hmm. you're getting a solid pick. Adam yeah. Fantilli, any other year, would be a number one pick. Um, I was actually looking at it earlier, though. There, there's some kids that are coming out of the U.S. development program yep. that are fucking on fire this year. Yeah. and it, I mean, yeah, it sucks that we don't have our first-round pick, but, like, there's ways that we could get into it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. You know, it, it just, you know, we won't have any answers until we know what the draft order is. Right. Because why, like, why are some of these teams even considering things? Like, if Arizona gets the number one pick, you know, they almost dealt Corel Vamelka to the Kings. When they go, when they dealt uh, right before they dealt away, um, uh, what well, uh, Jacob Chikrin, they were almost packaged together. So, LA needs a goaltender, we know yeah. that, but they've already committed five million dollars to Cal Pedersen, which 
huge. It's cra- crazy. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. He can bounce back. He can. He like, definitely can. Completely out of the realm that he bounces back and is the old Cal Pedersen again. Maybe he needs a change of scenery to do that. But, it, you know, like. I mean, they did also just get Corpus Allo, too, though. They want to re-sign him. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. Right, right. So, but that's another name to throw in the mix. If you're, let's say you're Montreal, let's say you win the Bedard sweepstakes in your Montreal, why would you trade for Linus Omar when all you have to do is go out and sign Jonas Corposalo for cash? Yeah. And if yeah. you're Boston, do you want to send Omar to Montreal? No, <laughs> you, no. You, don't, you don't. You you don't want to trade within the division. You, you, you just, want to trade him in the conference? Would you trade him to Canes? I would no. be, I would be, I would be more hesitant to do it. But if if push came to shove, and that was kind of one of the only options, if it was outside of the division but in the conference, I'd I'd be okay with it. But would you trade him to Toronto, Tampa, Ottawa, Montreal, Florida, or Detroit, or Boston? No. No. Definitely not Toronto. <laughs> No, you're solving their biggest problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're 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 helping them out. You're helping yeah. a team out that's directly competing with you at that point. And you don't now, want to do that. Now forget why would they want him, but would you trade him to either New York team? Well, I'd the, I, the Islanders. Islanders yeah, wouldn't want I don't him, think though, the Islanders because, would want him though. Yeah. Right. And the Rangers have Shesterkin too, so definitely well, not. Whether you would trade him there or not is irrelevant. They don't need him. Right. So what Philly? They've already committed to Carter Hart. Pittsburgh is the team that I would question. Yes. One, do you want to help Pittsburgh that much? If, if let's say, uh, is this other world goaltender that we saw this year? Okay. Do you help Pittsburgh that much. I wouldn't mind helping Pittsburgh because I feel like they're they're on the downfall a little bit. So maybe they get one year or two years where Olmark helps them out in that regard and pushes for a playoff spot. But then after that, they're going to be in the same position where they're going to have to deal them off. So. With Omar's five million dollar salary, if you're Pittsburgh, do you want to use twenty five percent of your cap space this offseason on Linus Omar, having to trade for him, knowing that you're either giving up a first round pick or the Devils' third round pick because you don't have your own and you don't have your second, or now you're patching packaging multiple assets, and if you guys want a young player in return, then you're giving up an RFA or a pending RFA after next season or some prospect that is you're probably fairly high on. I mean, it's, it's difficult. Cause I mean, Pittsburgh does have Jari. Jari's not a world beater. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's a UFA too. Guy they have signed for next year is Casey DeSmith, but he's only on for a million bucks. But here's the other thing. Semyon Varlamov is a free agent. Corpusalo is a free agent. James Reimer is a free agent. Um, you know, like, again, not that they're uh, they're also rumored to be back in on Marc-Andre Fleury as well. You know, yeah. like, there's just at what point if you're Pittsburgh, you sit there and go, Linus Allmark would be great, but he's going it's, to it's not worth it. Yeah, I I do think in the Bruins case though, just to kind of go full circle, um, and back to the poll question, I I do think that there's a higher than fifty percent chance that Omar gets dealt. I don't think so. You don't think so? I really don't think so. 
I think they're both going to be now. The only way that I would change my opinion on that is if Omar goes to Sweeney and says, "You played me for six. Why didn't you play me in seven? If I if I could have gone, I'm no longer your guy, am I? If I'm no longer the guy here, move me." But now that opens up all 31 other teams, mm-hmm. and that's where you would look at, uh, you know, the West Coast, the Edmontons. I mean. You know, at that point, looking at an option of like, you know, I don't even really want to say it, but like Edmonton, you know, because they need a goaltender at that point. I mean, yeah, they have Skinner and they have um, Campbell, both signed long-term multi-year deals. But, you know, at a certain point, now you're you're bringing a third team in to try and swing a deal. You were going to have to do that probably anyway. Edmonton, um, what, what's the other one I was thinking of? Um, Calgary, I mean, Calgary, Seattle. Calgary's committed to Vladar and Markstrom for over four more years. Yeah, but Markstrom just had such a terrible year. If they can flip him and then you get Allmark in there, it obviously is a lot of moving parts. But, I mean, at the same time, if you have a goalie like Allmark who just had the season that he did, out on the market, a lot of teams are going to be calling about that injury or not. But for what return? Right. Right. Because no one, no one that we've mentioned needs to make the move. There's no one desperate. It's not like you're getting the phone call from the LA Kings at the trade deadline and you're, you're dangling, you know, Allmark and partnered with Brandon Carlo. You know, a shutdown D that they need and the goaltender that they need. You're not you're not on that phone call. Right. Uh, let's see. Jeremy says, I don't think a goalie gets dealt at all. I, I just I don't see the return. If you're dealing Olmark, I think you're getting either low end draft compensation or the ever popular player to be named later. Yeah. Yeah. Are you worried, though, that if if the Bruins were to trade Olmark, and, you know, Swayman starting, like, I don't know, 55 games, 50 games next year. Are you worried that there's going to be some sort of impact to his performance just because Olmark isn't there to take the pressure off him anymore? Well, see, I, I feel like what the organization would do is they would go for one of the cheaper veteran number two guys out there, like a David Riddich, a Martin Jones, not one of these names that jumps off of the page at you, but someone that has the veteran presence that can be in the locker room. And at that point, what you're going to be rolling with is essentially three, kind of like what Buffalo was doing, what the Canes were doing this year with Kochekov, what Buffalo was doing with UPL, where you cycle in Bussy up from mm-hmm. the minors every once in a while, get him NHL action. But this is if you don't get any of your veteran guys back. You don't get Foligno back. You don't get Krejci. You don't get Bergeron. Because if any of those guys come back, you got to roll it back with these two. Yeah. You know, I also think, too, about, like, the mental aspect in terms of how it would affect Swayman if you just if, – if he lost his best friend in the locker room. Because, I mean, they're a, lot, they're a lot closer than just best friends. I mean, these are guys who spend the holiday together. I know Swayman said that when his family came to visit in the playoffs, they, like, went over Omar's house and they all ate dinner together or something. So I think about, too, and, like, goalies, it's such a mental battle. Like, those guys are absolutely crazy. So thinking about if he was to lose, like, his best friend, his brother in the locker room, not only is he now starting more games, but also that guy is gone and they're never going to be teammates again. I don't know. Like, I think about how that would affect – Swayman too, just thinking mental wise, not just performance wise, but 
yeah, sure so for it. You you do have to worry about that uh, the chemistry too. So the question yeah. then is, do you think Swayman is ready to be starting position? I do. I do too. So what's the split next year? Because I I agree with Jeremy to some degree where he says I don't think the conversation is even happening. Um, again, barring Omar walking into the 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 conference room and going, get me out of here, which if that's the case, I feel like Swayman would go, I get it, you know, and, and to your, to your point, Nick, if that happens, why wouldn't, you know, if you're going full blown rebuild, full blown rebuild at that point, why not deal off both of them? Because you don't know what the exp the, the emotional toll it would take on Swayman is. And do yeah. you want to risk him going in the tank like that? Or do you just take a full year back, bring up all the kids, eat the salary cap crap, all this, all the stuff, take your licks for a year and have your guys like Merkulov and Harrison and, you know, uh, Beecher and, you know, uh, Lori and Liesel and Bussy, like, and just have them learn on the fly for a year. Yeah, I mean, I think too. Like, I think if you're going to trade Omar, I feel like the time is now. I mean, I feel like his value is never going to be higher. I mean, he's not going to have the season extra that he just had this year, and we don't know what he's going to look. I, I mean, I don't know what injury he has. Like I said, if it's a hip injury for a goalie his size, his style, and now over the age of thirty, well, or he's twenty nine, he's getting to thirty. I don't know. I'll be concerned about that. And I think I feel like most teams know he's not going to do what he just did last year, but. I still feel like it's definitely worth, even if you're not going to trade him, I feel like it's still worth kicking tires to see what you can get for him. He's got one way to go with his performance, and that's down. Exactly. That's never something that you want to trade for. And, I, I mean, you know, the, the split would be nice to maintain that. But, I, I mean, again, the biggest thing is, is with the draft lottery tonight, you know, those some of the wild cards. We mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, you know, we mentioned John Gibson as well. There's a couple other major targets out there that could be traded. Um, you know, UC Soros, he's got two years left at five mil. Would you rather trade for Allmark at five or Soros at five? If you're a win, how, that team. how old is UC Soros? 26, I think. Oh, wow. I didn't know he was that, know he was that young. Damn. <laughs> 26, or, uh, 20, maybe he's 28. Um. Uh, yep, twenty-eight. Let's finish goalies. But he's got, two, he's got next year and the year after at the same price as Omar. So, and yep, Jeremy mentions Connor Hellebuck might get traded. Connor Hellebuck is another name out there. Um, there was a couple other ones that I was thinking. What of. What would be the Jets' reason for trading Connor Hellebuck? They're looking at blowing the whole thing up. Yeah, really? just a full, complete real rebuild. And, and that's where it could get interesting because with them, you know, they've, they've always I – mean, ever since the loss of Dustin Bufflin, that team has been in just a <laughs> downward spiral. Big buff. I always <laughs> thought the Patrick Line trade was weird too. Line just – he wasn't getting along with – I think it was, that was when they had Torts. No, no, Torts was in um, – I think he was after, right? No, he was in, he was, he was in Columbus – and that was uh, Line uh, and Roslovich for uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Yes, mm. and that and now Dubois is going to leave too. 
Yeah, well, well I, rem- I remember when even though Patrick Laine was scoring a crap ton of goals, all everybody would focus on was how piss poor he is in the defensive zone. The guy would, he would, you know, 44 goals as a 19-year-old, but he had like n- no effort going back the other way down the ice, and it just didn't mesh well in that locker room. No, and, and as Jeremy points out, um, Hellebuck doesn't want to be there for a rebuild. So if they rebuild, he's basically already say, said, trade me right fucking now. Yeah, yeah. send them somewhere warm. A rebuild in a place in a city like Winnipeg? No thanks. A, re- a rebuild in Winnipeg. That's a nightmare <laughs> scenario. Unless they but go they back to Atlanta. They, have, though. they got Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, um, obviously PLD because he's RFA. He's got the rights. Um, Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, Nemestikov. Uh, I, I think he's hitting unrestricted free agency. Um, I think really at that point, the only thing that's not nailed down is Josh Morrissey. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's the only one that you're keeping because I mean, but even then he's 28. You just signed him to a massive deal. Has he peaked? He could have. I mean, he, he's, he's, it's it's the same adage that I would say if someone says trade Brandon Carlo. Mm-hmm. In this instance, he's on the left side, but twenty eight year old top two defenseman or top four defenseman with term at a reasonable number, don't grow on trees. Yeah, that's an asset for him. And and Dubois has basically already said that he's going to Montreal when he's a free agent. But he's he's restricted though. Right, right now, yeah, yeah. Restricted free agency. So if you're a team, I mean, at, at what point do you just sit there and go, sorry, Winnipeg, you porked yourself on that one? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, even if a team signs them or extends them an offer sheet, if I'm Winnipeg, just to be a prick, I match it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That's my asset. I want to trade it. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Is he going to get a, a, a contract offer compensatory to what you could trade him for if you match that contract? What what team is going to be willing to risk a draft pick to sign PLD other than Montreal? Outside of Montreal, maybe a team that's legitimately a cup contending team just to get that extra asset in their lineup for maybe one or two years, you would be willing to give that up. But if you're a team like, I don't know, like Philly, you're not, you're not giving up anything for him because you know, he's leaving when he's, when he's uh, outside of that RFA contract. The only team that I could see pulling that off would be Colorado. Mm. They have about 13 ish mil to work with in the off season. They have their own first-round pick. They don't have a pick in second, third, or fourth round. But if you go out and you offer up PLD for a contract that's a, a minimum, like even something, you just throw money in the pot. Either A, he says, fuck it for a year and plays for you. B, Winnipeg matches it so they can try and get something for him. Or he, what, sits out a year? At least if you're Colorado, you have the pitch of, Increase your value with us for one year. You're going to get to play with McKinnon, Makar, Landeskog will be healthy again next year. Comf- or, uh, may re-sign with them. You know what I mean? Like, um, Lakinen, uh, uh, Nichushkin, 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like you have players that will put around you to help you win and make you look good so that Montreal will want to pay you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you you can use them as a chip almost. <laughs> and if you're Montreal, do you want to go out and get PLD if you win and get Connor Bedard tonight? No, because then you're going to be too deep. Like, PL, PLD can say that he wants to go to Montreal all that he wants, but if Montreal doesn't see him fit, then, it, I mean, it's too bad for him. He's going somewhere else. Like, he's he can control where he wants to go, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going there. You know, there's too many external factors. Think about that. If Montreal wins the draft lottery, they will have Connor Bedard, Nick Suzuki, Jonathan Druin all down the middle. And Kirby Doc can play in the center role. Yep. You're one, two, three. Yeah. Your one, two, three down the middle is Bedard, Suzuki, and PLD or Jonathan Druin. Like, why would you go out and get PLD and all of his headaches at that point? Right, exactly. Exactly. And then he's free game. Then he has he basically you know, he 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 played his hand too much. Um so I guess it, actually it weird. It it really does depend on the draft lottery tonight. If Montreal gets Bedard, no way PLD goes to Montreal. No way. And and there's so many other things too. And also take into consideration performances of this year. If right. you're the Florida Panthers and you can go out and you can win the Stanley Cup this year, which it they've got the stranglehold on Toronto right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> Druin is a free agent, but I'd rather pay Jonathan Druin than what PLD will want. Druin doesn't cause me headaches. Mm. So that's a much easier resign unless he gets a, a massive pay raise by some unforeseen team right now, which, hey, you know what? They don't have a lot of cap space, but they have the extra 10% they can go over during the offseason. Fuck it. Boston can make them out. I don't know. It, 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 Jonathan Drewin will be a lot easier to re-sign than going out and getting PLD. Yeah. Drewin is terrible. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> the whole team sucked this year? Is that what you're going off of? The guy had 29 points this year in 58 games. Averaging about 14 minutes a night. He's a 28-year-old centerman. He was third overall in 2013. Is he where he should be? No. But also, he's not playing with who he should have been playing with. To be fair, though, two goals in 58 games is crazy. (laughs) That is is insane. He's a public skate. (laughs) Here's the thing, thing, though. If, if, If Krejci had a split like that, We'd be like, well, he he passes the puck. Yeah, he he he's he's a setup man. How many how many times did we hear about that for for years about Krejci? He's a setup man. He's a setup man. Jonathan Druin has been a positive player in terms of plus minus two times in his career. He's played <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Six. He's played nine seasons. His career high of plus minus is plus three, and that came in his first season. This year, he blocked over ten times the amount of shots he put in the back of the net. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I'm not saying he's this otherworldly player. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, right, right. But what I'm talking about having someone, and I, I get your comment here, he's a winger. 
Um, he can kick into the middle, though. And if I'm talking about a third-line centerman, the guy knows my system. He's not going to try to outdo what he isn't with Nick Suzuki and Connor Bedard. I don't need to hear it from PLD. I want to play the center. I want to play the center. Fuck that headache. I'd rather take this terrible player who can also play the wing and fourth line the guy for way less money. He's going to cost you way less money than PLD is. He's not going to be a $5 million player anymore. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. If, if I'm looking at the upcoming free agency list right now, that's a list for you. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's not deep. Um, Say 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 one of Bergeron or Krejci doesn't come back, and you say Krejci doesn't come back. Okay. Are you are you looking to fill that role through free agency? Or are you looking to build and in, in, internally and take somebody in the system already to kind of replace him? See, that's tough. If I can make the money move around a little bit, my ideal scenario at that point is to bring back Bertuzzi. The okay. real. The reason for that is because that makes my one, my first line, Marshan Bergeron, based off of what you said, Debrusque. My second line is now Bertuzzi, Zaka, or sorry, Debrusque, and then Bertuzzi, Zaka, Pasternak. Yep. And then my third line is where I'm trying to put Hall, Coyle, and Frederick. Yes. Yes. Okay. Nine is fine at that point. And guess what? At that point, I can roll out a fourth line that has. Greer that has Lauko and fuck it, bring back Thomas Noshik for fucking a million and a half for another two seasons. Yeah. You know, the guy's a left-handed centerman who is fantastic on face-offs and one of the most important players in the league on penalty kill. Fuck your Derek Forbort. Shove him up yeah. your ass. Him <laughs> Think about it. When he went out with that wrist injury, it coincided with the Derek Forbort injury a little bit with him missing some time. That was when our penalty kill went to shit. Yes. Was when we didn't have Noshik on the PK. Not Forbort. We got better without him. We did. We had a better percentage without Forbort. So at that point, ship him out for a player to be named later. And there's your money because if you're not bringing back Krejci, as Jeremy says, Zaka's your 2C. Plain and simple, right there. Yep. yep. He should be. He has the talent. And, and and you know what, Mark? I'm not against that either. Beecher as your 4C, you can handle that. You 100% could. You could have that young line, Greer, Beecher, and Lauko. Um, if your other nine are in place in the way that I just laid them out, you can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. There are certain guys that, like Lee Sell, you want him in a top six role. Merkulov, you'd want him in a top six role. Harrison, he's projected to be a top six kind of player. Like, you don't want to waste these guys on your third or fourth line. With the only caveat to that being, if you're going to have a quote-unquote fourth line as a kid line, where you have, you know, like Merkulov, McLaughlin, and Lee Sell, and that line only gets eight or nine minutes a night because you're just trying to bring them along. Okay, but now you better have a very physical third line 
and you better have an elite scoring top line because you got to balance it out somehow. Yes. And there's a lot of people who are advocating for that kid line. And, and I, I don't know, who would you guys put on a line like that? I mean, I like the idea of Beecher. Um, although I, 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 I think he might need one more year in Providence, I would look more towards McLaughlin in that fourth line center role. I want to see what I, McLaughlin can do. I agree yeah. with Mark here. Merkulov and Lee both need another full season in Providence. That's, I agree as well. The thing is, is there's a lot of people that are pushing for that kind of third line I'd rather make that your top line down in Providence. Yes. Mm-hmm. And let them let them just go crazy down at the Amica Center or whatever it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> the former dunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy says, the only unrestricted free agents I'm bringing back are Bergy and Felino on vet minimums. No Krejci? Would you bring back Felino? If he's not demanding too much money, yes. I would love to see Felino come back. I was talking about it with Selly too, because I was thinking in a point of like, if if Bergeron's gone, I mean, you know how valuable that would be to have Felino's leadership in that locker room. If Bergeron and Krejci retire, and you could have Felino, who wore the C in Columbus for like six years, a guy who's clearly a huge staple in that locker room, I feel like that would be really, especially if you're bringing up some of these young kids too to play in the third line or what have you. I feel like paying vet minimum just for Nick Felino's presence is worth it alone. Yeah, I, I would agree. Just the experience and the leadership that he brings. Like he's a glue guy in that room. Yeah. See, but when I look across the landscape, though, I say if you're going to bring back Bergeron and Felino, you might as well try and bring Krejci back too, and you mm-hmm. might as well try to run as much of it back as you can. Why? Because everybody else is in just as much of a cap bullshit situation as you are. The difference, though, is is you can do it more in bonus overages at that point, and yeah, you kind of kick the can down the road for those problems. But at the same time, if you're getting that last kick at the cup one more time, one, we've seen what president's trophy winners do the year after they lose out in the first round bodes well there. It's going to fucking sting. This is going to sit with them. And yes, yes, yes. You can go into it knowing this is it for us. Yeah. Knowing for sure, like, like actually for sure, this is it. Yeah. Especially after this past year too, that all the motivation they already had, if next year was truly the last ride, thinking about how it ended this year. Oh man. Uh, Uh, Thanks Mark. So hopefully this isn't the the only time. Yeah. Hopefully not. So, I mean, I know it's been a long time coming. We've got what? 15 minutes before the uh, the draft lottery. I know. I got it queued up on my TV right now. I can't I can't wait. You said it's on ESPN, right? It's yep. on ESPN. Right now they're doing Premier Lacrosse comedy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because oh, everybody yeah. cares about that. Chaplin into Everton. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even think they know what they're talking about. <laughs> wait, so I saw a comment from Jeremy. He said he wouldn't bring Krejci back. Yes, I popped that one up. Yeah. Um, I get where the feeling is coming from it just because of the way it ended, but I do feel like there's a lot of recency bias in that because yes. of games one through six. Yeah. I mean, think about it. The guy posted what four points in game seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he can't do it. Right. 
But if you're if you're just judging based on that series, then you're gonna want almost nobody back on this team. Right. If deal off if, McAvoy, deal off Lindholm, deal off fucking every fucking person on this roster <laughs> and Taylor Hall. I've seen people say that they should trade McAvoy. It's not a large discussion. I've seen, I've seen yes. it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I'm not crazy. I've seen it. Oh, I saw like, that on Twitter off. today. I had to I had to go out of my way to search McAvoy to see if it was actually a report people were saying. What what would be what would be the reasoning behind trading McAvoy that these people are saying? Just cuz he's cuz he's he stunk in the playoffs. But oh, like, please. Right. They'd have to trade all... their whole roster if that if that was the <laughs> reason why you're trading McAvoy. <laughs> yeah. If this seven-game series is your justification for trading someone, you're trading literally the whole fucking roster. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Swayman and fucking Bertuzzi and Hall. It's people. And, and it's coil. I could throw Coil in there. Yeah. It's just people's knee-jerk reactions to... I mean the the series lots. It's just yeah. people are freaking out and they're just jumping off the bridge. If but that's I, the case, I'd hate to see what Toronto would do with how their series is going right yeah. now. It's, it's send that franchise into the ocean. <laughs> oh no shit. Uh, let's see. Jake says sell everyone on this team. They have proven oh, there we go. Kiss their pants in every big moment they play in. If it wasn't for Thomas in 2011, these guys would be the Dan Marino of hockey. So no. Hold on, Jake. List everyone that you would trade. Yes. <laughs> everyone. Sell everyone. Name every single person. And don't just say the whole roster. Because at that point, I would tell you, go be a fan of a different team. Yes. That's how you trade your roster. Go and, root for somebody else. And 100% serious. If you mean this comment, tell us everybody who you would trade. And, and, and I don't want like emotions. Like if you're being dead serious, tell us everybody you would trade. Tell us your your um your what, what's the word like the um the scenario? You, no, like people you wouldn't touch, no matter what. Oh, the, yeah. the untouchables. 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 Hey, yeah, thank you. Tell us <laughs> you're your untouchables. So close. <laughs> I know. Tell us the untouchables, and then tell us everybody else who you would trade. Because I'm very curious. Let's I can't see. believe I couldn't think of untouchables. Jeremy says we can't hold on to hold on forever. Let's rip it off. <laughs> He says everyone is available for picks. Okay, hold okay. on. Jake, Jake, right. How many times did you utter the phrase in in the past ten years? Don Sweeney sucks at drafting. Give me a number on <laughs> how many times you uttered that phrase before I respond to this comment. I'm going to read Jeremy's next. He says I think Craigie is done anyway, but I think Zaka's ready to be a two C. Get gets Hall back up in top six. Let's Lauko be the third line left wing. I won't hate it, but I just think it the for this team him retiring might help. He says no one is untouchable. Didn't answer my question. Jake. Answer the question. No, how many hey. times have you talked about how bad Jeremy Sway uh, Jeremy Swayman, Don Sweeney is at drafting? So you're telling me pasta isn't untouchable? You're telling me McAvoy isn't untouchable? Well, because here, here's the other thing. If everyone's available for picks, I don't want to have heard a single word uttered ever in any of your comments that Don Sweeney can't draft. Because right. you are literally telling him to go draft a whole new fucking team, but he sucks at drafting. But he's got a good team that is coming off of the best regular season in the history of the league. Pick one. People make no – we just won 65 games, and we lost in a seven-game series, and people are legitimately ready to throw the entire team away for draft picks. What is wrong with people? I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You – 
I can't be it. half pregnant. <laughs> right. so stop trying to be. You can't sit here and root for this team having had just the greatest regular season. Yes, they collapsed. I get it. It it you know what? It, it happens. League four teams have been up 3-0 and lost. It happens. Guess what? Tampa got swept by Columbus in 2019, as we all know. And then they didn't freak out. They kept the same team and they went on to win two or three cups. Yeah. Let's also not forget, they are now up 3-0 on the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's not like they went out and then they got swept by someone else and they were a fluke. They are throttling the Maple Leafs. I was going to say, like, like watching the what the Panthers are doing to Toronto right now, like, it still hurts, you know, losing in seven to the Panthers, but it does make me feel a little better after all. I feel like part of it was you surface level. Once he lost to an 8 people get pissed. But, like, I mean, Florida Panthers, they just won the President's Trophy last year, and they added Kachuk, and it, the Bruins took them to seven games. And after seeing what they're doing in Toronto, I feel like people were selling Florida short. <laughs> no need to – Jeremy says, I'm not on record with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It almost makes me wonder, though. It, it does make me happy to see Florida beating Toronto. But you got to think, too, if the Bruins got past Florida, goddamn. Carolina – I mean, Carolina looks good, but they also just got their asses handed to them by the Hughes brothers. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah, but aren't you worried selling? Wouldn't you be worried if, if the Bruins were to get past Florida playing how they were? Do you think that they would be up 3 nothing on Toronto like Florida is right now? I think so because I think everybody underestimated Florida. Like Florida's a nasty team, nasty, in-your-face, gritty team. So it's like if you got by Florida – it's not a coincidence Florida gave us as hard of a series as they did. If you could get by them, I think you would have seen Toronto would have been easier than Florida. I think you would have seen Carolina would have been easier than Florida. I think you'd be up probably 2-1 right now in Toronto. Yes, yes. Like it, they would be. You got to remember, too, one of the big things that the physicality that of the Panthers has done, Marner, no goals. Matthews, no goals. Tavares, no goals. Right. You, you you don't have Matt Kachuk. You have a Trent Frederick. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kachuk is Trent Frederick and Pasternak in one player. Yeah. yeah. He's crazy. Imagine Matt trading Kachuk, him. Matt, would, you, would you guys consider Matt Kachuk right now to be the greatest American-born player in the league right now? No. Today. Still there. You think so? Would you say Patrick Kane is still American born and he's still not retired? I, I mean, mean, I right think, now, I think I mean, like right legacy now. wise, you would have to say Patrick Kane. But I feel like right now, if I were to take any American born player for Game Four of the next series, I would probably if, take Matthew Kachuk. If yeah. they're both healthy, give me Patty Kane. Really? If really for both, one game? If they're both healthy, and Jeremy's got another name to throw in there. No, it's Matthews. I hate him, but to. Toronto, that's another thing. If Toronto gets swept, how do they blow this thing up? They start by trading Matthews to Boston. I think that would <laughs> that would help us. I mean, the last guy they gave us in a deal, that Tuka Rask guy turned out pretty good. So Yeah, and it, and it, and it also cursed their franchise for at the, at the goalie position for two decades. Yeah, we gave them Phil Kessel, and that was okay. Yeah, hey, right. we gave them Andrew Raycroft, too. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. No, I mean – 
think about it though. I mean, everyone's talking about Matthews to Arizona coming up. If if they imagine if we had the the sweep already, if they already swept, and we're talking about Toronto blowing this up, and then Arizona goes out and gets the first overall pick, how much more the Matthews to Arizona talk would be? Oh my god, it would probably <laughs> it would probably happen at that point. If they cover they got they got him and Bedard. Jeremy says they still suck. Matthews <laughs> Marner is their best player. Marner's in the conversation. Uh, for the Selkie, it was it Marner or Nylander? I think it was Marner. I think it's Marner. Wasn't sure. there talks like at the beginning of the year that the, of like moving Marner to defense? Yes, yes, there was. <laughs> there was. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, Nico Hischer, and Bergeron are all up for the Bergeron Award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, no conversation to be had there. I, I mean, the biggest threat is probably Nico Heeshire just because the league would want a new face. But there's no way that's not going to Bergeron. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. They've already robbed him of the award enough. I mean, to, to be a finalist 12 consecutive years and to win five <laughs> is crazy enough. But the fact that he should have won like seven or eight yeah, is no still problem. amazing to me. Yeah. If if Toronto If Toronto does get swept, though, and they opt not to blow it up, like what's their next move? What do they do? See, I I don't hate that idea of um, trading Matthews because yeah. one, you've already seen in Edmonton what happens when you overplay overpay too few players. Absolutely. So that's going to free up a ton of their cap space, and they don't have to worry about re-signing him. Second of all, I mean, even if they don't get the number one pick, let's say Arizona ends up with Fantilli. So. Like, you've got Matthews and Fantilli, and you have, you know, Barrett Hayden. You've got Lawson Krause. You've got Nick Schmaltz. You've got a goaltender who you can trade for a ton more assets. Like, you have something developing there. You need a fucking building. Imagine, hey, imagine they trade (laughs) Matthews to Arizona, and Arizona wins a cup before Toronto. (laughs) That would be so funny in a college <laughs> stadium. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this off, Mark says this offseason thus far has been some seen some terrible takes from the fire from the hip armchair GMs. Yep, I it agree. Really, yeah, it really has, and yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how much. I can't wait until someone drops the first trade, the number one overall pick. Because yep. <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna do it. Yeah. Someone's going. Oh, yeah. And someone already, I, I swear, I saw this one. Um, it was Omark and Posternock for the number one overall pick. And I was like, I saw Who that the too. going to do that. Yeah. No one would take that. <laughs> no one would. I was, first, I, first of all, you've got to be throwing Posternock and McAvoy in there just yes. to start the conversation. Yes. Like, I was going to say, like, I thought you were going to argue that the Bruins shouldn't do that. And I was, I was about ready to be like, oh, my God, of course they should. Like, <laughs> oh, no, if it was Olmark and Pasternak for Bedard, if that was all it took, I'm in. Yeah, do that now. <laughs> do it now. Do it right now. I'm freaking my finger. Where's the bloodline? Come on. <laughs> oh, man, the one thing we need drops in our lap. Yeah, cost us Pasternak. Guess what? Hey, here we got some other wingers. All right, hang on. Wait, now, now I'm curious. What what would you trade for Bedard for that number one pick? 
If you're the Bruins. If you're the Bruins? Yeah, not, I'm just curious now. I mean, here's uh, the question is, what would it take? Right, yeah. right. And at that point, now you're having a whole different conversation because it would it, it starts with Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. And it starts with McAvoy and Pasternak and then more. Yeah. And that's McAvoy. where I sit there and I go, do I want to blow up my team that much? You think like McAvoy, Pasta, and Zaka? You think that would get it done? <laughs> Uh, Connor Clifton, just Jer- Jeremy Swayman from Bernard, <laughs> one for one. <laughs> I mean, you're you're literally starting with Pasternak, Swayman, and McAvoy. Yeah, that's where yeah. you're starting at, and that's that, when and, you call whatever team it is, and you go, "What else does it take?" And it's just crazy to think that that's what they would trade for a 17 year old kid. Just to put into perspective, yeah. it's absolutely out of this world how insane this kid is. Yeah, and I'll, I. I think I would do that trade. <laughs> Three guys. I think so. In terms of in terms of how this team's future looks, you need that center. I mean, yeah, and I mean, if you had if you had like, but like, ten years from now, he's gonna be just hitting his prime. He's gonna be twenty seven years old. If you were to have this kid for the next two decades, Bedard, but then I, Rakuma, but then I worry too I, about like, yeah, have is do I want to resign him? Once his ELC is over, do I want to spend that money off of my cap? Oh, man. How much that's... is the cap going up in three years? Because yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, it's supposed to go up and pretty high. Uh, it was supposed to go up two and a half this year. We might get one. Next year, you can't bank on it, but it might go up three to four. So let's call that two. So the year after that, it's supposed to balloon up by what? Five? You're already in enough issues right now. Now you got to pay Bedard off of his ELC. I'm not yeah. sure I want to do that. Yeah. Thinking about Edmonton, too, I know they've had some trouble putting a team around McDavid those years after they gave him that massive contract, which is still crazy to think they have arguably two of the best, definitely the best player in the world, and then Drysaddle. You, you say that, his... but they've had, they've had Darnell Nurse. They've had Tyson Berry. This is just on defense. They've had good defensemen. And they can't stop the puck from going in their own net. They also have yeah. had Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane. They had Taylor Hall. Like, Taylor Hall was the number one overall pick. Evander Kane is an elite goal scorer back when he's on his game. Also, they kind of got gifted Evander Kane, too. They, he yeah, that's what they got, though, for that. swinging and missing on Mal Yakupov. Um, Jeremy says that's assuming he produces like he's supposed to, though. He's... If so, he's looking at 12 and a half. Uh, no, man. By then, a, a player of his caliber, he'll 14. be 16. 16, yeah. Oh, draft lottery is live, boys. Think about it. By that point, Matthews will have a new number. McDavid will have a new number. Yeah. Dreisaitl will have a new number all on their contracts. Dreisaitl's going to have two figures plus. Two, you know, t- uh, what is that? Three, six, nine, eleven figures McDavid's gonna have eleven figures. Like, we've got the draft lottery on now, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching the highlights. They were just showing a Bedard. Oh my god. Oh man. Let's see. I'm just gonna catch up on some of these. Jeremy said it's the best time of the year. Just don't chant anything right. <laughs> uh, a chant went appropriate. <laughs> I remember the crowd was getting shit on. Time was to that game? Sucked hard for Bedard. 
<laughs> suck hard for Bedard. <laughs> it was the Suck awesome. campaign. What is Bucheross wearing right now, dude? He's wearing like sneakers with his suit. That's who's a weird thing? Who's your ideal team that you want Bedard to fall to? And by fall, I mean what team you want to fall up to number one to get Bedard? <laughs> oh man. I know I said it before we started. Rec- I would love to see him on Chicago. Big I mean, market, original six team. They just lost Patrick Kane. John yeah, Mateus is gone. He's not going to play with anybody, though. I'm going to pull this up again. No, but I feel like it would be really good for the franchise. To be it fair, was. though, Bedard would be good for all 16 of these franchises. But I just feel <laughs> like it would be a little different if he was playing in Chicago. I'm going to say I want him to go to Buffalo. It's not going to happen. but So... Like if- you know where it would be fun to watch him land, as as slim of a chance as it is. I'd have to go with Nashville. It would be oh, cool. That would be fun. Because honestly, Nashville Detroit is a fun too. City. They, it's it's not a zero percent. You're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> um, it just I mean, think about the talent he'd get to play with over there too. You know, the, the, that's a team that wouldn't have to rush him. You know, he'd get some time and he'd be behind Duchesne, Johansson, Glass. Like, they have some depth. Parson in, you know, that that would also, let, let's throw this in the mix, that would also shake up, like, fucking no tomorrow. Yeah. The the trade the, the trade machine here. Because yeah. now, you're, now you're putting, you know, Johansson or Duchesne definitively on the trade block. Colton Sissons probably definitively on the trade block at that point, you know, and, and when guys like that become available, you're going to generate interest. It would be cool too. just any team in the Pacific. So we can see his head to head battles with McDavid as many times as possible for the next, what if you said however Chicago? many years to come. I said Chicago. Uh, Jeremy says that Chicago deserves 20 years of misery. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just feel like it would be cool. Mark says Nashville now has the first GM with no neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's give him a spine to lean on in Connor Bedard. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm still sticking. I think it's gonna be Montreal. I think Montreal wins the draft. I'm telling you, Batman's gonna really have his fingers all don't. over it. Let's see. Yeah, I think he's closer to Patty Kane than Matthews, McKinnon, or McDavid. Uh, let's see. We've got. So you're saying Bedard is the next Bobby Orr of his generation? No, we're saying he's the next Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're in the chat right now, put down who you want to see Bedard go to. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see the different answers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know Jeremy doesn't want him to go to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going to put that list of teams back up because, I mean, I could make a case to want to see him to go to all of these teams. Yeah. Um, I just – I don't want to – I'm kind of with Jeremy on the Chicago front. I, I, you know, I, I want to see them have to go through a Detroit rebuild. Um, Jeremy says San Jose. Oh, we have a new co- comment coming in here. Good question. Who's your conference final games? Um, I'm going to pull us back up here real quick so we can discuss this one while we wait for these ever effing commercials to, to go through. Um, who do you guys want to see win these series as they're going on? Definitely Florida. I'm loving the way that that series is going right now. Are you guys – the way that I've always felt is whatever team knocks my team out of the playoffs, I always root for them. I don't know oh. if that's weird or not. I was just going to ask you, does it make it 
feel a little bit better if they go on to sweep Toronto and at least have a close conference final win or lose. I mean, it's it's not going to change how I feel about the Bruins season, but like me personally, I'll sleep a little better at night knowing that Toronto got swept for nothing, and I'll feel a little better knowing it was at the hands of Florida because at least we can say, yeah, you know, we lost yeah. the seven in the first round, but we lost the eventual Stanley Cup champions. See, my my thing is, it I I understand your point, but my whole thing is, you see them go that deep when knowing if you beat them, you probably would have been following the same path. Yeah, which I get that, but you didn't beat them. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah. With Nick. Yeah. It's like, it, it does feel good. I would rather see them continue to go on than to, say, have lost in the second round. And then you're like, well, then we just fucking lost for absolutely no reason. Like, yeah, if, if, if you're Toronto, though, and I, I tweeted this earlier, but if you're Toronto, like, it's nice getting your first series win in like 20 years. But if, if they do get swept in the second round, like would you rather not have gotten your first series yeah. win and maybe wait until next year so you can pick up a game in the second round? True. At, at least then you could have been like, well, it's still Tampa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least you have so, that, that, that thing to hang your hat on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Now, now you just can't beat Florida at all. <laughs> the state of Florida is better at hockey than Toronto is. <laughs> so who do you guys have in the final? I uh, I have East, Florida East and West. Point. I have Florida in the final because here's the thing. If they can sweep Toronto, the, the Devils, Hurricanes, now that that's a 2-1 series, first of all, the Devils found their game at home again. I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if they tie it up next game and it's 2-2. And that becomes a best of seven. I think. Yep. I think with the way they just played, they found what they needed to find. They they can go back to Akira Schmidt, who is going to lock in that starting job for them. Um, Schmidt is a very very good long shot to win the Conn Smythe. By the way, yeah. if they can win the Cup, Schmidt would be the favorite on that team, with the exception maybe of Hughes. But even then. Hughes played in some of their worst games, whereas Schmidt helped turn around the entire playoff. So yeah. it'll come down to those two, I think. Um, but I think they found what they needed to find to push it to seven. So now you're looking at Florida and New Jersey. And I'm sorry, but Kachuk over Hughes, both of them. Yeah. Rofsky over Schmidt. I'm sorry. He looks like vintage Bobrovsky. This is the guy that got $10 million. You know, everyone talks about David Krejci likes to take time off. Sergei Bobrovsky does too. Yeah. yeah. You know, majority of the time he takes off. But what about the West? The West. Nick, I'm tossing it to you first. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I love Seattle. I don't know if you guys heard. I became a full-blown crackhead during the playoffs. I'm rooting hard for Seattle out in the West. I like what they're doing. Um, And I just think it's good for hockey, too. I think that it was amazing a couple years ago when we saw the Vegas Golden Knights make it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year as a team. And then to have Seattle suck last year, come in here their second year and make it, hopefully, to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think that would be insane. But I would like to see Seattle. And I don't know, man, Vegas, Vegas and Edmonton, do you guys want Bruce Cassidy to succeed out West? Because that's like the only thing that's holding me to this Vegas team. I could take him or leave him, but part of me wants to see Bruce Cassidy do well. 
But if I had to pick between Vegas and Edmonton, I just feel like Edmonton's too deep, and you literally cannot give that team a power play or else they're going to score. I like, I like Jeremy's comment here, the misery of wanting Toronto and Edmonton out. That would be the worst. That is going to see the salary cap go up by about $25. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I don't want to see. It's weird. Seeing Cassidy succeed. It kind of hurts. I think it's especially weird with how the Bruins season ended. I think that would make a Cassidy succession story hurt a little more. Yeah. I got to say, now I want a sandwich, but uh, (laughs) he then says winner of Edmonton Vegas wins the cup. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Dallas has been the odds on favorite in the West. They have everything. I don't know how bad Hishkinen is hurt right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got yeah. rocked. Yeah, puck to the face. But yeah. I, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I just, I don't know enough. Like, I don't know if Dallas has it, you know? Yeah. Like, they they have the talent. I just don't see the it factor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, me either. Me you either. Dallas, if, and what I mean by that is if you look at Dallas and you look at Florida, they are not the same. They have the same things. They have top-end goal scoring. They have physicality. They have defensemen who can move the puck. And they have a goaltender who can play at an elite level. But which one are you picking? In, the, in, in a series between them, there's no way you're picking Dallas to win that. All right. No. Edmonton, it, that power play, as you mentioned, Nick. Like, you, and they have guys who can draw penalties. Right. I don't know what their power play percentage is right now, but I remember like at the end of the first round, it was like fifty-five percent. Oh no, it's something like there. that. It, it's up there at like sixty-five percent, seventy percent, which, which is crazy. It's crazy, not just for their power play, but I remember looking at the uh, the, the penalty kill leaders and seeing LA last at like forty-four percent penalty killing was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's insane how good they are. You can't you can't give them a power play. They're gonna they're gonna score. Like they're gonna score. McDavid's out there for the entire two minute power play. Like he's just skating I, around. Yeah. I would I would put him out there. Uh, I want a sandwich. Says okay, but on the other hand, Pete DeBoer. Yeah. Okay. Well, we kind of said the same thing about our coaching matchup. Okay. It didn't help us. <laughs> yeah. You only got to win one game. You know, yeah, you have to win four in the series, but you have to win the one that decides it. You you can win the other. You can you can be up three zero and and blow the series. You got to win the final game. Doesn't matter who your coach is. Um, Vegas worries me though because their goaltending can be figured out. Yes, yes. Ooh, hey, draft lottery, draft lottery starting right now. I I got right here myself. So we're gonna take a look here. Calgary has the number 16 overall pick. Oh, shoot. You're a little ahead of me. And I'm the one who's always being given shit for having a bad internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They just released Calgary. Oh, I'm way ahead of you guys. They're about to do 14. I just saw Nashville got uh, 15. Let's see. I, I, I understand why they do it this way. It just sucks. Yeah. 14. Who are we thinking here? Oh, wait. You already know, Nick, don't you? Yeah, I was going to say. I won't, I won't spoil it for you guys. Why the fuck does Pittsburgh have four people sitting at the table? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Pitt got the Pitt got 14. 
Yeah. I want a sandwich says, ah, Monty showed his ass big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why do they oh. have four people? They all look like the, the same person. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Damn. I just saw 13. I would have liked to have seen them go a little higher, but uh, you know what? They don't need it. <laughs> Is it uh, the Buffalo? Yeah, it's still Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. That's not bad. I'm, I'm buff. I'm, hey, Buffalo is my second favorite team. I'm so praying, yeah. I'm praying that Anaheim and that Montreal, one of those two teams, do not get the first and Philly, just because I don't like Philly. I'm praying that one of those three teams does not get the first pick. You um, don't want to see him go to Anaheim? So Arizona, no. just, Ottawa's 12th overall. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Because there was a trade in there. I'll have to oh, up. my God. I thought they just dropped. I was like, holy shit. That was that was chicken, right? That was the chicken. That trade? was part of the chicken deal. Yeah, okay. if I'm okay. not mistaken. That was part of the chicken deal. Yeah. Um, and then eleven Vancouver. Interesting. Um, now, just real quick, as a side note, as we run through, they're about to show number ten. Oh, number a number ten overall pick will really help St. Louis in their rebuild. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a deep draft. I mean. Do you do you guys want to see Jim Montgomery fired for his no. in the playoffs? No, no way. No. Okay, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page on that. Ooh, yeah. Steve Eiserman will have fun with that number nine overall pick. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Sorry, I, I can't really not say yeah. what's going on. One, yeah, no, you're good. In the com- some viewers in the comment section saying it all too, but yeah, yeah, you're uh, good. Ooh. Number eight goes to the Washington Capitals. Okay. So, so far, so far. Imagine if they got number one. Oh, no. Bedard and Ovechkin. No, thank you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Number seven, we have going to the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. Thank goodness. So, nothing nothing has changed so far. Everything's just standard. Temp chair. Everything's uh, standard so far. Nobody's awkward, moved up. That was such an awkward shot of him sitting in that chair, too. By the way, every everybody that they show is, is straight <laughs> he just, faced. He just popped up on my screen. He looks so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> and Arizona gets the number six pick with their All own. Right. All right, here's Montreal. Do they move up? Do they stay? I swear to tell Kevin, you, if, uh, not, if I was gonna have a say, they're gonna get fucked. <laughs> oh, it's Montreal! Wow. Okay. Chicago's still in play. Now it gets interesting. So we've got San Jose, Chicago, Columbus, and Anaheim. Connor Bedard's in the edge of his seat right now. Which one is he hoping for? All right. Number four. I got to see this. I feel like he's hoping for one of the California teams. Goes to the Sharks. They do get porked. Oh, that sucks, though. That sucks. Eric Carlson's crying. He just wanted some help. So Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim. Has no. It's been the exact same order that as it was supposed to be, right? All the picks so far. I don't think anybody's jumped. How they did it last year with the ping pong balls, or what? Yeah, the little Frenier year. They actually had the ping pong balls. Watch, watch. It's going to be Columbus. I'm telling you, it's going to be. Are they going to a commercial break? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I hope it's not Columbus. Jeremy, I want to see the freak out, Jeremy. Please, please, I want to see the freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago gets it. 
So we're down to what do we say? Chicago, Columbus, and Anaheim. Of the three, yeah. knowing one of them's gonna get Fentilli, one of them's gonna get Bedard. What order do you want to see them in? It's what is it? I'm sorry. It's it's Anaheim, Anaheim Chicago, and um, Chicago. Well, obviously, we want we know Jeremy wants Chicago to be third. Okay. Anaheim is gonna get Bedard. Chicago gets Fantilli, and then three is gonna go Columbus. That's exactly what Jeremy just said. Oh really? Oh, oh boom! There we go, Jeremy. <laughs> me, me and you, baby, me and you. I'm the same, but I'm flipping Columbus and Chicago. I think Chicago gets Bedard. I think uh, Anaheim gets Fantilli, and I think Columbus is number three. Mm. See, if if I'm Anaheim and I get Fantilli, I'm kind of pissed because. I I already have enough young centermen that if I'm not going to get Bedard, what was this season all about? Right. And and don't get me wrong, Fantilli's still going to be phenomenal, but like at what point if you're the Ducks and you're going through this massive rebuild, do you sit there and go, "Well, we missed out on Bedard. Let's just get a shit ton of everything else and deal the number 2." Yeah. I mean, they could. That's the thing, too. They even say say they're in the position that you say they're in right now. There's going to be teams out there bidding like crazy for that number two pick. Because, like we said earlier, Fantilli out of any other year, he's a number one pick. Any other mm-hmm. year without Bedard, he's a number one. So if you're Anaheim and you don't really see a fit for him, or or you think you can get more valuable pieces that can help you out in other positions, because just by trading that draft spot, then so- do it. If you get Fentilli and you're Anaheim, he's your number two center. Number two. I mean, obviously that puts Henrik and Silverberg on the block right away because they both have one year left and they're both 30, 32 and 33 years old. They both can play the wing. They uh, Henrik can play the center position. So immediately Henrik goes on the block. Yep. Ryan Strom. Do you look at dealing Ryan Strom now? Like I would because now, well, because he can also play the right side, right? You've got um, Zegris who plays the left and McTavish who can play down the middle and on the left. So what now you're looking at a top line of Zegris, Fentilli and Strom with McTavish on the on the second line. Um, Comtois can play pretty well, too. Like, you know, pretty much trade anybody who's over the age of 29. Yeah. I mean, how long – when was the last time Anaheim made the playoffs, though? Um, they still had um, – Getzlaff. Getzlaff and Perry. Yeah. Maybe like 2017, 2016, 2017. All right, let's see. Now that they're back. Oh, it's back on. I was going to say, now that it's back on from the commercial break, let's see if we can figure out who gets number three. All right, oh. hang on. I'm taking my, I'm taking my headphones uh. off. Oh, no. <laughs> I can still hear a little bit. Number three. All right, let's see. I, 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 oh. Number three goes to the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, number three. I should have put some money on this, huh? Oh man! So now, oh, <laughs> <laughs> look at Verbeek. 
Oh my god. Oh, oh man. they're pissed. Oh, they're pissed. Which which one's pissed? Oh my god, it might be Chicago. You know what though? I could definitely see it go into Chicago simply because of the whole Oh my god. I see it, Mel. <laughs> I'm waiting for Sully's reaction. I'm waiting for it. Number one. Oh! <laughs> no way. That's awesome. So no way. Helping the Chicago Blackhawks move on from Taves and Kane. I told you, original six, you know, Bettman was down there messing with those ping pong balls somehow. There no. were no ping pong balls. How do they do it then? Uh, uh, they probably just did fucking something behind the scenes. Fuck it. Whoever slips Bettman the most in an envelope. I mean, of the three top ten teams, that would be Chicago. That's crazy. Connor Bedard. Now imagine Chicago passes on him. <laughs> they, they fast when it takes Fantilli first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we wanted Fantilli the whole time. <laughs> wow! They walk away from the draft, and you see the sticky note Fantilli number one, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Imagine if they did want Fantilli, how much they could get just trading back to number two. Oh man! But you, if you're Chicago, you can't. You you can't give up the Bedard pick at this point. You're Chicago. You have to. This is your opportunity to try to move on. Oh yeah. You Just thinking to. about thinking about that franchise too. Like they like that their whole identity has been Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves for the last fifteen years, and to lose a two of those guys, the staple of your franchise, in one season, the same off, and then the following off season, you get Connor Bedard. Is oh yeah. Like, I can't even imagine the 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 roller coaster of emotions that Chicago Blackhawks fan has have been going through since the day that they traded Patrick Kane, then to hearing that Saves isn't going to be coming back, and then like two weeks later or three and a half weeks later, you have Connor Bedard. That's you know crazy. who the happiest man on earth is right now, though. Who? Seth Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God I can make nine and a half mil and not suck every year. Yeah, he's gonna go over Cinda's trade request immediately. He was already uh, he was walking up to the booth to request the trade. He checked his phone and now he's going back to his car. Yeah, wow. right. Wow. Uh, Columbus got screwed. <laughs> I mean, they're still getting a top three pick though. Yeah, but oh my and, god. Yeah, Jeremy said the, the part that you don't say out loud, but yes, they did. And 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 you know what? If they they get the first overall pick, and now you've got the Rangers sniffing around trying to bring Quinville back, you've got Pittsburgh trying to bring Stan Bowman back. Like, come on! Wow! Wow! That's crazy. I I don't even. I wonder who they're gonna take. Yeah, right. I hear this Bedard pick. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder who they're gonna take. I'm not sure, but I hear good things about him. The question uh, now is: is if if you're Jonathan Taves, do you want to come back for one more year? And yeah. Help rebuild. Yeah. yeah, but would they have him back for another year? Not a title, but yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was a mutual thing that he's 
making his way out. That's the thing. I, I mean, they're still paying Tyler Johnson five mil. You know, I mean, if if you're Taves, you're not coming back as a number one center. No, no. but you still wear the C. At least if you come back for one more year, you can pass the C on. Obviously, it's going to go to Bedard at this point. They're going to build around him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I, – I also look at Chicago. I'm going to do more of an in-depth, like, dive into their prospects, but they don't have a lot. You know what I mean? Like, they, they have a few guys still in, like – the minors, juniors, you know what I mean? Like 20-year-old, like a couple, but not a lot. You know what I mean? At least in Anaheim, you had something to be excited about. Bedard next to, you know, Strom and, you know, Zegris, McTavish. And, you know, you, you don't have anything in Chicago to be excited about other than Bedard now. That's crazy. That's a hell of a lot to be excited about, though. But still. They, oh, man. Chicago, though, I think they'll be okay. Let's not forget they also have four second-round picks and the first-round pick from Tampa in the Hagel deal. Yeah. True. So now you have the number one overall pick. Do you, that Tampa pick is going to be what? 28th no 26 25th something like that do you take 25 and maybe two seconds and try to jump higher into the first round again top 15 again i would i think you gotta you gotta you gotta at least like try to sorry i'm distracted by the tv i have to stop watching the tv sorry um I'm I'm trying to pull up the official draft order now that that's done. Yeah, they got the nope. None of them are updated. That's the problem. Wow, I need to look. So so, who would the top three uh, drafted players be in this year's draft? Would Michkov be in the top three as well? No, they're projecting oh. him to go four. I think because he's he signed an extension over in Russia. Oh, okay. So okay. what I'm looking at right now for a mock draft is showing Bedard, Fantilli, and then Leo Carlson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Mitch Koff going to San Jose. Um, let me see here. Uh, I mean, if, if, if you're a team like the Blues, right, mm. drafting now at 10th overall, or would you give up that 10th? for a couple extra picks in the second round. I would consider it. I I mean, (laughs) if you're the Blues, you've got your own first, you've got Dallas's first, and you've got Toronto's first. But you don't have a second round pick. Or do you try and package those two first rounders and get a second first round pick? Like, higher up, you know? Like, the problem with the Blues is they've also got cap problems we'll call it they have six million dollars to work with they lose a backup goaltender and they lose four other forwards up front two of them are becoming rfas 
You're not losing a lot, but you only have six mil to work with. You know, there's a lot of talk about them moving at defenseman. Um, none of their defensemen can be moved. They all have no trade clauses. I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Everybody wants to bash on Peter Shirelli for his no trade clause. This looks like a Peter Shirelli deal. (laughs) (laughs) No trade clause. Tory Krug, no trade clause. Pareko, no trade clause. Nick Letty, no trade clause. uh, Marco Scandella, modified no trade clause. Oh, man. I mean, at least he's going to modify one. Well, so does Pavel Yeah. What about what about Detroit? You think they could jump up? They got nine, they got eighteen, and they got three second round picks in a row: 41, 42, and forty-three. Oh, we we are all too familiar with three straight picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stevie Wise got something cooking. A little PTSD uh, right there. <laughs> hey, you know what? You can't really anymore though. DeBrus, he's panned out. Yeah, uh, and they got Carlo in the second round. <laughs> right, Borrell's looking. He looks okay. I mean, if, if he's your sixth defenseman next year, I ain't complaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. No, it's it's not as it's not. It's it's just the talent that he could have gotten. Is where yeah, he, but he, I he know it. Trouble if they were to get like Barzal and Kyle Cotter too with their contracts. Like, think about the handicap that would have for this yeah, team you, right you, now. You, as well. you wouldn't have McAvoy. You wouldn't have Lindholm. Right. You wouldn't have Pasternak. You wouldn't have. You know, the list goes on. Right. They could have used them in 2019, though. That would have been helpful. Well, you wouldn't have probably been there in 2019. You may have been there in 2017, 2016, or 2018. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have been there in 2019. It, it It's one of those things where it alters the franchise too much. Yeah. To, to yeah. try and pull the what-ifs. Yeah, you'd see a completely different team. Completely different team. Because, I mean, really, the only one that you really wish you could go back and redo was the Zaxxonition pick. And I'll, I'll, I'll say, too, if you ended up drafting Barzal, I bet you Krejci wouldn't be here right now. Oh, no, you would have you no, no had, had to move on from Krejci or Bergeron. You right. wouldn't have Charlie Coyle right now. Right, right. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Bergeron-Barzal would be a hell of a center depth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you wouldn't have Pasternak on the side. You'd, right. you'd have DeBrusque probably on the left side. with Mar- So think about it. You'd have Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque, and Barzal. Yeah. I don't think DeBrusque is the same guy. No, I, don't, I, I, would, I would agree with you on that as well. Would you move Jake DeBrusque for cap relief? This season? No, I don't. Th- I mean, what? What? How much cap relief would it give you? He, he is at four million, and he's going to need a new contract after this coming season. Uh, ooh. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But what is his new number going to be? Maybe f- five years or million. Million, million, million. Right, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be twenty-seven years old. Entering the prime, and guess what? He just spent the last two years proving he can play the left side and the right side. That ups his value. What's the max you would go for him? Say, say it's a say it's a six year contract. Six year deal. He's six years. I mean, at that point, why aren't you just signing him for eight? 
All right, then we'll go eight. We'll go eight years. I'm just I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna go six, you right, have, we'll have the negotiating power to go eight. Right. Why not go eight so that another team can't match the dollar amount? Yeah. All right, so let's say eight years. What's your what's your contract look like for him at eight years? See, I'm not against dealing him. Mm. And and what you can do is you can you can call up Edmonton to do right by the player because that's you know gonna be a part of it, and you send them home, and and you say yeah we didn't keep him, but we did right by him by sending him somewhere he would he was okay with going, and if he doesn't want to go to Edmonton you work with him on it and you say listen, you know, you want to be out west close to home at least based off of his last trade request, that's what he wanted. So, you know, there, there's some guys in Edmonton that he would be an improvement over. And at some point they're going to, they're going to have to, you know, shit or get off the pot. And you, you save a little bit of money. You could bring back a guy like Yamamoto, for instance. And you see if you can kind of, make him or, or you know what I mean? Like th- there's just something, even, even if you get a, a, a depth center or, you know, I mean, they don't really have much in the way of draft capital themselves, but you know, it just, Oh, shooter jumped in the comments here. Florida's winning the cup. If we just held on for a minute, it would have been us. And here we are off season talk. We're still talking playoffs too. It's not as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then of course, <laughs> sorry, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go mute and I was too late. <laughs> says the doomers were right. I'm sick and tired of that fucking narrative. Congratulations, doomers. You had a 97 and a half chance of percent chance of being correct. Glad you won your penny on your right. your hundred dollar bet. There, like, only, on. one, only one team can win. There's sixteen teams. It's what, a, what, your, your... What are the odds? What are the odds? You know, going into next season, the fucking you know Vegas Golden Knights versus the Field. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I, I'll pick any team and be a doomer for that team. Guess what? Arizona. Oh no, they're gonna suck again. Yeah, <laughs> like come on. Well, Chicago maybe. Well, no, they the only thing they're gonna have is Bedard. Like, although that gives them incentive to want to rebuild like really fucking quick. Because if you're Bedard and you suck for three years, you're gonna want out. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Line. That's what happened to Patrick Line. Patrick Laine lit it up in Columbus for a few seasons, and then he said, I want to win. Yep. And he said, fuck you, we're going to send you to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, no, he was up in Winnipeg. Sorry. They sent we'll him to, to Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> they were going to say the one place worse uh, than Winnipeg and go into Ohio. <laughs> same thing. Uh, yeah. Winnipeg is the Ohio of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Hey, you know what? At least I'm not Toronto, where the entire state of Florida is better than being hockey. I know. 
Yeah, how sure. do they feel right now? We want Florida. Okay, okay, get swept. You got them. <laughs> yeah, you got them. Florida, get the fuck what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see after the last game too? All the Florida Panthers fans were chanting, "We want Florida." Yes. The yeah. After yes. they won, That's I love it too because I feel like Florida is finally getting like a like a legit fan base. Like, like people are really following the team. Well, the only people who were there were non-Canadians. Right. Well, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw sure. people's signs. They're all like, like they're holding signs, like you know, six hundred dollars for game tickets, uh, twelve hundred dollar flights, a four hundred dollar hotel room, watching the Tampa Bay, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs lose or get swept, priceless or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, the good old Mastercard commercials. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although with the, oh, what are you guys thoughts on the fuckery of the schedule? The way they for the, for the, the way they changed it off, yeah, for the playoff schedule. We think about it. If you're an Edmonton fan flying down for a game to Vegas, and then they bump it back a game, yeah. Oh God, shooter. I think this has got. I, I I hope Mark is still watching when I pull this one up. He says, "I wish we hired Tortorella." Oh <laughs> God, no, <laughs> no. The the only player I want to see coached by Tortorella would be Trent Frederick. Yeah, maybe maybe Lauko too. Actually, I bet Lauko would be great yeah. under Torres. Crazy enough to like it. AJ Greer too, maybe. But then you're gonna have a whole team filled with those kinds of guys, and this is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so, Lauko, Frederick, Greer. How do we feel about that as a fourth line for next year? I wouldn't mind it. That's an electric I, fourth line. Yeah, I actually wouldn't mind that line. Now, here's the question, though: If you have Frederick on this team. Right. Would you rather him at 4C, or would you rather him have third line right wing next to Coyle? Third. Yeah, I like third in line a, minutes in too. A perfect, in a perfect world, uh, I think he would be playing third line minutes. So, obviously we have the big question mark about Krejci and Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Are you keeping Martian and DeBrusque together? Yes. I think I think it's it's too perfect. If you have Bergeron and Krejci come back, then you gotta go. No, I'm uh, saying with, uh, right now we don't know about Bergeron. We don't know about Krejci. So right now, just solely off of where you are going into next year, right now, yeah, keep Marshan and Brooks uh, together, um, and find another center to put between them. Y- yes, I would. Nick, I probably would too. Because right now it's looking like your one line that you know that you have going into next season is Paul Coyle Frederick. Yeah. That's the only line that you have solidified going into next season. You know Zaka and Pasternak can be together, which means now do you put Marsha and Zaka Pasternak? Because Bertuzzi and Marshan, Marshan's a much more responsible defensive player than Bertuzzi. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, but you get a similar type of game. So now you go Marshan, Zaka, Pasternak as your top line. Now you're bumping the brusque down to the third line, but he can drive a line. We've seen that now. And you owe him two line mates. <laughs> <laughs> But now you're making Frederick your two, your second line right wing. Like, or are you trying to rebuild a second line around Jake DeBrusque? 
which is why now I, I ask you that question, Mike. Yeah. Would you trade Jake DeBras? It depends on what you're getting on a return for him. But I feel like if, if you're looking to trade Jake DeBrusque, what are you looking for in return? Obviously, it's going to help you cap-wise a little bit um, because you're going to have to pay him after this upcoming season. And like you said, you expect him to get a, a pay raise, and I, I do too. But at the same time, he's he's one of your only homegrown talents right now on the team outside of McAvoy, uh Bergeron, Krejci, Marshawn, and Pasta, and uh, Carla too. And not counting the goalies, but I feel like you wanna, I feel like you wanna keep guys like that in your system and 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 in your lineup as well. Especially a guy like Jake DeBrusque. I mean, he's proven, especially this year, that he wants to be here and that he helps drive a line and that he can produce. So I don't know what you would trade him for. He's one of your younger wingers. I feel like he's part of this team's future. That that answer to me comes from where are you trading him? Who wants him? Mm. Because I mean right now, not that I'm not that I'm expecting to get the number one overall pick from him, but right now I'd be calling Chicago. They have some extra draft capital. All right. Would you take a second round pick for Jake DeBrusque? No. No. Just solely just a second? Would you take two? Two second rounders for JD? Or better yet, let me just I'm looking at their draft capital real quick. Okay. Um let's say you get Ottawa's second round pick, the Rangers second round pick, and the Ottawa third round pick next year, all for Jake DeBrus. Mm, I say no. I say I no. Don't know. I feel like what three seconds for Jake DeBrusque? I feel no, like that'd be hard. Two seconds this year and a third next year. But obviously, you can do something where it's conditional. Where if he resigns with them, instead of getting the Ottawa third, you get Chicago's second in twenty-four. You know what I mean? Like now you're getting three three seconds for him. Shooter's agreeing, but Shooter also said Marshan's got to retire. Which no, if Marshan retires, that changes the conversation again. <laughs> I. I mean, if you had a choice between trading JD or Marshawn, who would you pick right now? If I don't have Bergeron coming back, I would deal Marshawn. Okay, yes. Say Bergeron doesn't come back. I wouldn't mind looking at the option to deal them both. And here's Interesting. Interesting. Because if I deal off Marshawn and DeBrusque, that frees up 10. I can give half of that to Bertuzzi and get him on the left side. Okay. So now I just have to worry about the right side. I don't necessarily hate that. Now, the only question that I have following that up, though, is is Merkulov one year away or is he two or three years away? Because think- if Merkulov is one year away, you don't need to worry about the left side. You go from Marshan to Merkulov on the left side. Uh, I think Merkulov is uh, two years away. So I think we're cool off two years. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, why do we want Bertuzzi back? Why wouldn't you want Bertuzzi back? Why do you back? not want Bertuzzi back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question, Jeremy. Did you watch him in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Like him and, him and Pasta together alone should be a reason. He, yeah. he was slow when he first got here. 
he had to shake off the holy shit I just got traded vibes. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what he was dealing with. Um, Jeremy says, "Am I crazy thinking he is a Coleman type third line player on a cup team?" Bertuzzi. Yeah, you are crazy thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> I was a thirty goal scorer and a top line winger for Detroit. Yeah, Mark, no. Mark says Merkulov is a year away. Okay, okay. So one more season in Providence and then some time in Boston. Almost like what you're expecting with uh, Lysel. One more year. Yeah. So Jeremy says him and Pasta have no defense. First of all, their job is not defense. Right. Their job is to score goals. That is what you pay your offense to do. Be offensive. Like, right. I get it. You Not everyone is going to be Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Not everyone's going to have that kind of two-way game. Can we stop expecting that? All right? Even Charlie Coyle. Like, think, think about this. Your three nominees for the Selkie Trophy were Patrice Bergeron, Nico Hershire, and Mitch Marner. Which one of those two? Marner or Heshire are closer to a two-way forward of Bergeron's caliber. And how much is that drop-off? As a two-way centerman. Like what like what do you like what, I don't understand. Not every forward is going to be a defensive forward. Bertuzzi's not necessarily a defensive forward, but you oof. But you need guys like him in your lineup just to produce offense. Otherwise you're going to be a team like the New York Islanders who scores two goals a game. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Patrice Bergeron averaged 17 minutes a night this year. And this is directly towards shooters point right here where he says, but Bergeron is washed up. He's posted 58 points in 78 games for a plus 35. Whoop. Part of that is washed up. Is he what he used to be? No, no, he's not. He's also 37 years old. Like, let's be real. He's gonna go downhill a little bit. Uh, even if he wants to come back. And I know what you're gonna say, the Selkie trophy. No, I, I didn't even say anything about the Selkie trophy. If anything, I want us to stop comparing people to him because of the Selkie trophy. Uh, he's just taken a loss that will bury him mentally this off season, and he's old. Do you think this loss buries Patrice Bergeron mentally? No, not at all. He's not. He's not. He's such a veteran. A loss like this is only going to motivate him more. What I'm worried about, and we, me and Mel talked about this on our last podcast episode. There's only so many injuries that he can take. I mean, he's what, 38 years old now? He just he's coming off a herniated disc. Mm -hmm. Huh? He will be 38, yeah. Yeah, he's coming off a herniated disc. He's had a punctured lung, a separated shoulder, multiple concussions. He's 38 years old. He's not gonna be able to bounce back as quick as he used to. So that I'm more worried about that than what this loss did to him mentally. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about Patrice Bergeron, what he can handle. This guy's already been through quite a bit of heartbreak. Let's not forget he already lost two Stanley Cups. I don't think that this is – I think he can get over the hump here. But like Sully said, injury-wise, I don't know. Like he mentioned, 38 years old and the injuries he's battled through, that would be the only thing that would worry me about him going forwards. But he's Patrice Bergeron. The guy 
he could get shot in the face. He'd play through a game. He's insane. So, <laughs> Here's my total question. warrior. Because we we know about his father and the cancer and right. that stuff. When uh, and this may be out there already. I just haven't seen it. But do we know when they found out about that? I I, th- I think I think it's been. I don't know an exact time frame, but I know when the Bruins did everything for hockey fights cancer, he was holding up the thing saying he plays for his dad. So I know it here, right? Yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. So here's the thing. If he put up 58 points in 78 games while he's dealing with the injuries that he's dealing with, keep in mind, he did not have Brad Marchand to start the season on his line because he was recovering from the double hip surgery. And Oh, by the way, he spends half of his mental energy worried about his father, who they found out has cancer, and he still plays like this. If he comes back, which Shooter's saying it's a moot point because he's going to retire. Um, if he comes back, they'll have had time to adjust to the situation with his father. They'll have time to go through all of that. That takes an emotional toll on you. So if they didn't go through that, he easily is in the mid sixties when it comes to points. Easily, yes. And he and, and we're not talking about a dip in the numbers nearly as much. Did Vegas just tie it? Vegas just tied it. It did. Oh man, see, he says he's going to retire here. Uh, what about the team in general? How can they possibly get motivated for the rest of the season? I. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be re- motivated for the regular season anymore. I, I mean, if I, that's a solid question if you're McAvoy and Pasternak. How do you get motivated for the regular season? Mm. Just enough to get to the postseason. Yeah. I was going to say, if anything, Florida just showed you that all, all you need to do is get in. I mean, you don't have to get 65 points to meet a one seed. In fact, it's statistically, it's better if you're not. Right. I mean, just Actually, win, win, win enough games to get into the postseason and anything can happen. And I, I mean, think that's your motivation. I'm also I I don't want to say I'm worried about it, but this team, depending on what they do for a rebuild, you look at our division, it's wide the fuck open. Yeah. Look at our division going into next season. Who's your biggest threat? The Panthers? There's there's probably yeah. you could you could probably pick from four teams that could legit push for that number one spot. Toronto, Tampa, Florida, us. Uh, but the thing with Tampa, Tampa has $1.6 million in cap space. True. And they're losing their backup goaltender. They're losing Ian Cole on defense. They're losing Corey Perry. They're That's losing big. Alex Kalorn. Uh, Ross big. Colton's an RFA. And um, Bellamar, he's going to be a UFA. And Tanner Janot is an RFA. And they have one5 Wow, actually, they're 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 losing some key guys. They're, they're gonna have to... all of their depth, and they have no draft picks. Right. Well, yeah, because they gave them all up for Tanner Janelle. Tanner Janelle <laughs> for him to go fight some people. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy says Tampa's going to rebound with Rex. Listen, I'm I'm not saying they're going to suck. By no stretch am I saying they're next year's Col- uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They're not. All I'm saying is is that from them the division can be taken one injury away <coughs> shooter says Ottawa's is going to kick our ass 
Buffalo. Um, don't forget about Buffalo. So Buffalo is the one that, as he points out next, Buffalo is the one that I sit there and I go, really? Buffalo is going to be your biggest worry? Buffalo. The Buffalo fucking Sabres. Hell are, yeah, baby. That are going to win the Atlantic Division next year? No. I'm not going to. They're not going to win the division, but I think they could finish top three. But what I'm saying is, is the Buffalo Sabres. You do, you, you've now all of a sudden gained so much trust in the Buffalo Sabres to not fuck this up. Why? Because of Paige <laughs> Thompson having one good year and Devin Levi coming out of college. No, until Buffalo proves to me that they are not the Buffalo Sabres, that they are a new brand of Buffalo Sabres. I'm sorry, I cannot buy into them. They need. To go out there, they have to play. They need the, to do it. They need to play consistently the way that they were playing through like January through March. If they can do that, then watch out. What I'm, I'm not talking about overlooking anybody. What I'm talking about is everyone in this division. You can look at and go, why would you be scared of them? For one reason or another. Florida is really the only team that I look at and I go, okay, yeah, you could be scared of them. But here's the thing. Uh, do we have any idea what's going on with Spencer Knight next year? No. no. So now you're going to rely on Sergei Bobrovsky and what? Hope that you can re-sign Alex Lyon? I'm sorry, but I believe Alex Lyon just played his way into a much better contract than they're going to be able to afford in Florida. Florida has $9 million available in cap space. And they've got some RFAs to re-sign, and they're losing some UFAs. So Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl, both would have to be re-signed if you want to keep a 38, 39-year-old Eric Stahl and a 37-year-old Mark Stahl, or you got to go spend that money on somebody else. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm I, not mocking anybody. What right, I'm right, right. Is... is there's nobody in this division that makes me go, oh, my God, I'm going to shit my pants because we're playing against them. Also, also, can we stop saying that we're fuck-ups? We're not fuck-ups. We just won 65 games. We just so happened to lose to one of the best teams in playoffs right now, Florida. It was a bad first-round matchup. It was a terrible first-round matchup. Screwed. Well, first of all, Florida hasn't won the cup yet, so I'm glad you're already awarding it to them. Do I think they're a favorite to win it? Sure. But you know what? So were we. Right. So are they now a fuck-up if they lose it? Right. No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. We're going to move the goalposts because they were the eighth seed. They're not a fuck-up because they made it to the third round. Come on. So 31 teams are fuck-ups because they don't win the cup. Shut the fuck up with that. <laughs> All right? I'm fucking done with that argument. You're going to sit there and pound the drum. Oh, my God. This team didn't win. They're so fucked. 31 teams didn't win. All right? So until 32 teams win the Stanley Cup, that's not a valid argument. It's just not. Yeah. yeah I, I, we're a bad franchise. It hurts to say, but it's true. We, How? How are we a bad franchise? I think people are just – It's uh, definitely just – don't the Bruins have, like, the most regular season wins of any team over the last decade? Yeah. I, I That's so. what I want to know. Okay, he says it's about cups. All right, he says we have won in 50 years. There are 32 teams in the league, so that means you should win one every 32 years based off of what thing called parity. 
which means awesome. you have another 12, uh, sorry, 14 years to win one more before you can complain. Also, the NHL isn't the NBA. It's not predictable. Like the number one team in the regular season hardly ever wins the Stanley Cup. So any team any given year can win. So making the argument that we should have won the cup this year, like we messed up this season, like uh, what, what Shooter just said, the franchise is bad. It's not true. It's just hockey. It's such a different sport where you can't predict what's going to happen. He if that was the case in Florida, no, they I, bet, I bet the fan of the fans of like every team in the league, as soon as their team loses the playoffs, they sit down and say, Oh man, we just screwed this. or we just messed up whatever it might be. I just, it, the narrative is, is fucking dumb. Like just stop walking, watching hockey. If that's the narrative that you're going to use to right. say the team sucks because yeah, the lightning have won it. They won it in 2020 and 2021. Great. Pittsburgh won it in 16-17. Before that, when was the last time we had back-to-back winners? It yeah, Detroit in 97-98. Yeah. You're okay. So what? The only way you can be a successful team is to win back-to-back cups? Mm-hmm. Like is that what we're doing now? If this team if this team won back-to-back cups and then they lost in the the, you know, the third year round, people would be saying, "Trade everybody!" I can't believe this team. <laughs> I can't believe this team didn't just win their third cup in a row. Oh my god! How did we let failure. this happen? How did this fire Montgomery? <laughs> fire, fire Sweeney, fire Neely, fire everybody. Trade McAvoy, trade Pasa. So, but but here's my thing though. It, like, if you're so now you're moving the goalposts from winning the Stanley Cup to winning back to back cups. Really, right? That's what we're doing now. You have to win not one championship, but you have to win it twice. Otherwise, fuck it, doesn't count. Right. You might as well not the not won the first one. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing here, people? I'm telling you, this this series loss has made people completely lose their minds. Like, oh no, that's happened long before this series loss. <laughs> I, I'm just throwing that out there. It, it started uh, with Tuca. Well, yeah. no, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. No, what what's warped <laughs> our minds in this area are the fucking Patriots. Oh yeah. Because if you don't get six in twenty years, the other one doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> true. True. We don't have a Brady. He says, <laughs> "Yes, we need multiple titles." Then stop watching. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> what are we doing? Give me this. I was Mr. Rogers before the series. No, you weren't. You were in my comment section saying similar shit. Stop it. All right. You were down on this team. You were worried about this team the whole fucking time. It just, just stop it. This is what you were saying. Oh, I know it's not going to happen. This, that, and the other thing. Stop it. Just enough. Stop watching hockey. That's it. Stop watching hockey. You're not enjoying it anyway, so why are you torturing yourself? Stop being an idiot. <laughs> what do you think about next season? If the team comes back with Bergeron and Krejci and you find a way to deal off Forbert, you find a way to sign Bertuzzi, um, and in this hypothetical, say you don't have Allmark. So you have Swayman and either a veteran backup or Bussy. Do you see this team as a playoff team again? Yes. Okay. 
Okay. He says, I, I was right to be worried. Uh, yeah, once they, once they were going to game seven, yeah, you can be right to be worried. Uh, I want to stop, but I'm addicted. Hockey really is like crack, though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Especially playoff hockey. Oh, my God. Uh, correct. I'm not enjoying it at all. I want to win. Okay, but again, you're siding with the fuck this. We're not winning. I'm out. So be out. Like, that's it. Uh, is Marshan getting actually getting traded? Uh, I think if Bergeron leaves, there's a high chance. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's funny because I mentioned that. What was it, uh, Mike? Like a month ago. Yeah. And yeah. everyone blew up the comments. What the fuck are you talking about? Never. Now he's one of the names that's brought up the most. Yeah. <laughs> Marshy, I mean, trade Marshy, Trade Martian. Yeah, I think I think he, I think I, <laughs> I think that if Bergeron leaves, he's. I would say there's probably like a 75 to 80% chance he gets traded. If he doesn't leave, he stays. I, but, that's what I think. Do you remember, Mike, when I said that? Yes. Oh, you were, yeah, you were, one of, the, you were one of the first people to say it. Yeah. The comments flooded in. I was smoking something. <laughs> I was retarded. I was <laughs> everything. Now it's wait, are we actually considering trading Brad Martian? I think we should. Yeah. Like, that trade yeah. would hurt so much if they traded Brad Marchand. If it was like the off season that they lost, if Bergeron retired, Bergeron's crazy. Uh, Bergeron's retired, Krejci retires, and then they trade Marchand like all in one off season. That's like ripping the entire core, entire childhood of watching this team all in one off season. That would hurt so much. Right after the best season of all time, too. Yeah. Jesus, we're here. We're talking about Chicago fans' roller coaster of emotions. What about us? Damn it, <laughs> this shit sucks. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, oh, it, it, it's just it's it's so fucking funny. Yeah, and, and I definitely can't wait for next year because even even the Providence Bruins they had some solid letdown this year in the playoffs, but they're still giving you reason to to be excited for them. Beecher, Merkulov, Lysel, McLaughlin, Harrison, a name we haven't even brought up yet, Oscar Steen. Matthew Potra just signed too. Potra just signed <laughs> TLC. Actually, Steen, Steen makes it so you could do um, Lauko, Beecher, Steen on the fourth line, Frederick on the third line with Coyle. Problem solved. I yeah. I mean, now now we can speculate a little bit more educatedly cuz we know what the draft order is. Right. So the question then becomes for tonight, Mike, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I think collectively as a fan base, we're all losing our marbles a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think anybody any we all expected the season to go on for like another month. So now that it just kind of like suddenly ended, it's like everybody's just so shocked that they're just throwing all these wild takes out there. They're they're freaking out. It's all these knee jerk reactions, and it's just like just relax and get ready for next season. That's all it is. Like just just chill out. <laughs> Hold on, we just had. Sorry to interrupt you here. We just had Laurent Brassois. It yep. looks like he pulled something in his hip. 
Yeah, uh, he's, he's down on the ice. Oh, which man. really sucks. It's a non-contact injury. Um, and Vegas, oh, pad save, kicked it right out. Oh, yeah, that's his hip. That's a hip. That, that, oh, no, that could be a groin. That could be a groin pull. Ooh. If that's a groin, he's done. Put it this way. It's so bad that the Edmonton Oiler fans are giving him a standing ovation as he's walking off the ice with no pressure. Yeah. On his leg. Now, is it Logan Thompson who's going to come in for him? I think, no, I think it's Aiden Hill. Is it Hill? I think so. Because. I mean, talk about lucking into some goaltending luck. They've had four solid guys, and not one of them have been named Robin Lehner. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. and yet yeah, he's, he's still he's under contract sure. next year too, by the way. It is Aiden Hill. Yep. It's Aiden Jeez. Hill coming in. And he's coming into a 1-1 game with a period plus. Oh man. Well I trust um, McDavid. With um with with Sam Sonoff coming down, Toronto ended up having to get um uh what what was it, Matt Murray dressed. Mm-hmm. As as it's funny too, because there was a question I saw on Twitter about the, the whole e bug. Um would you would you want a team to be able to carry a third goaltender? Uh I honestly, I wouldn't mind it. I would rather that. I would rather that than to have an e bug. I think the e bug yeah. is so dumb. I think it's so dumb. I agree. So, the thought that I had on it, because like, if you're Boston, are you really going to carry Brandon Bussy up with you next year? No, you want him down in Providence. I I think the only way around it is to have one spot that's designated for goaltender on a twenty. 20- what is it? Twenty-two man roster right now, right? So extended to twenty-three. Yeah. But one of them is an exclusive goalie position, and as long as you are within the cap rules, you can sign whoever you want. I wouldn't hate that. I like I just that. Think, I, I just think the e bug is so <laughs> like kind of ticky tacky. Like you're really gonna have this guy come in and play in a, in, in a legit regular season NHL game where like think about this. If if you're playing Toronto, the e bug ends up being a Zamboni driver. If right. you're playing in Boston, the e bug is Andrew Raycroft. The, yeah, like, <laughs> the, no, the, the no, the e bug is the owner of the greatest bar. That's that's who the e bug is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's the difference. You're going from a Zamboni driver to Andrew Raycroft, a former professional goaltender. There was a right. story about that that he told. I don't know if you guys saw that one. He was, um, uh, I think he mentioned it on the morning brew podcast at one point where uh i think it was tuka had gotten hurt and they like he had to send like an intern to his house to dig his gear out because (laughs) they needed an e-bug and he was the only guy they could get oh my god but it's like can you imagine if he actually got into the game what that would look like that would be awesome i would love that honestly i would actually love that that'd be cool it would be hilarious but like, like think about it. If you're Tampa Bay and you've invested so much into Andre Vasilevsky, how would you handle having to carry two more goaltenders? Would Vasilevsky be your lone guy, and then you go out and you sign uh, a Jake Allen, Brian Elliott type, and then he's your number two, and then go get someone else if you need someone? 
or would you carry two guys, you know, Jake Allen and Brian Elliott, for instance, or David Riddich, someone like that, and have two guys that are kind of like that and rely on Vasilevsky? Because you only have to be cap compliant. Technically, no. you only have to carry one goaltender at that point, too. Mel, what do you think? I don't know, man. I mean, the amount that they've invested in the Vasilevsky and what he's done, I know he kind of shit his pants in the playoffs this year, but. Oh, no, his defense was atrocious in front of him. Yeah, yeah it makes me wonder why they got rid of Ryan McDonough. Cap. He, he was purely a cap casualty. Mm. Yeah. Purely. I don't know. I add up. I think I would lean on Vassy in that instance. I feel like they're going to have to. Well, yeah. yeah. But then look, <laughs> that, but, but look what happened when Montreal tried to do the same thing with Carey Price. True. Yeah. Vegas tried to re- lean on Laner the same way. Think about that. They picked Robin Laner over Marc-Andre Fleury. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Who... who Jeremy, who makes almost seven mil? That, that's anyway. I think he's talking. I don't know. I don't know. I anyway, don't know either. <laughs> we have our draft lottery. We we have Chicago with Connor Bedard. That's a guarantee. Um. Oh, yeah, McDonough. That's okay. That's what mm, we're oh, okay. Um, how come Neely gets to dodge the media? He doesn't. He's talking to the media this week. Don't. You're already crapping yourself already enough about the team overall. Don't worry about when they talk to the media. You'll give yourself an aneurysm. <laughs> like, just chill. Anyway, Nick, thanks for jumping on with us. It's been awesome. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. It's nice to finally get these times to sync up. It's a good, I like what you guys do. I, I, I tuned in a couple weeks ago. I was leaving some comments, but I love the whole live format. You guys got a great thing going on here. So I'm very excited that I had the honor of joining you guys for this episode. So thank you very much. Pleasure was all ours. Hell Sorry. Yeah. Any final thoughts from either of you? Uh, my, my, my final thoughts still say is the same. These people are losing their minds. <laughs> we need to get on the regular. We need to get on next season. That's what we yeah. need. The same people who are losing their minds right now are going to be at the front lines with us next year, banging drums, cheering this team on. So yeah. it, it happens every single year. It's just there's a little more this year because of how the regular season went. Yeah. So when you type out your thought, stop. One, Hit the period button. And before you hit the enter button, just <laughs> stop. Move your thumb up to the delete button and just press and hold that for a second. And then rewrite the fucking tweet. All right, like give it a go over one more time. Really think and just pause for half a second. Yeah. First of all, this is exactly the reason why we love hockey in the first place. The fact that you can be up three to one in the series or see a team. It just so happens to be your favorite team. They can be up three to one in the series. They can be the favorites and have the more awards being awarded to them at the end of the season than anybody. And yet a team that's on fire, their pants have been on fire for a month and a half. (laughs) Come in, blow your doors off 
tell you to sit the fuck down and wait one more year and then potentially go on and win the cup. All right. This is what we love about the game. Yeah. So quit your bitching because it happened to you. Like it, it just shooter. It says, I want to bathe the favorites and steamroll. Fuck this. That's what you were. And now you're complaining about it. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, shooter. Listen. Listen, shooter. We won 65 games this year, dude. Remember what we... I was saying about hit the delete button? Hit the <laughs> to go over. Shooter, I love you. I really do. We won 65 games. It's not going to get much better than that. I, I know the playoffs ended and the season ended the way that it did, but you lost to a good Florida Panthers team, all right? You lost to a good Florida Panthers team. At the end of the day, you just need to find yourself a Mac and Chuck. Okay? All right. <laughs> or, or, or a Trent Frederick. Or a Trent Frederick, yeah. Oh, man. All right, Mel, thanks again for joining us. Mike. Anytime. We will see you again next week. When it when is uh when is your episode dropping this week, boys? Uh Wednesday morning at 8 30. All righty. Yeah. And, get on the podcast machines. Yeah, we record Tuesday nights. Uh usually on Twitter we'll take some DM questions or polls or whatever, however you're feeling, and we'll imp- incorporate it into the pod. And then uh yeah, we we uh we drop on Wednesday mornings. We also have a voicemail line. Uh if you want to call in and just leave your thoughts on the season. Or you know whatever's on your mind. the The phone number is five zero eight two six three zero eight five four. So yeah, just call, leave a message. We'll play it live on the pod. So you you guys do have one major advantage. You guys yeah. get to filter the comments first. Yes, that's, <laughs> the, yep, that's the advantage. It yep. definitely helps. <laughs> so, anyways, as everybody have a great week. This is an awesome way to to start the week. Shooter, shooters already getting in the uh, the voicemails. Um, one of you guys is gonna have a lot of editing. <laughs> no, say swears are allowed on our show. Let it let, let it, it fly, loose. Baby. Let it loose, shooter. We're not exactly what we would call family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do have a little segment too that we do from time to time. It's like the grievance line. So if you're feeling a certain way about the team, send an angry voice message and we'll play it on the podcast. Yeah. We're so. not we're not therapists, but feel free to pour your hearts out or voicemail on if you want. Yeah. And uh, that responsibly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can. I'm just saying, we got the FanDuel thing over there in the corner, and I can just see him mashing the Bruins don't win button. Yeah. <laughs> and next year, he gets all pissed off. What the fuck? I put all the money on him not to win. It's <laughs> a half percent chance. It fucking came through. Fuck yeah. this team. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Everybody have a great night out there. Thanks for jumping in. It's been awesome. We have a first overall pick. We have Chicago round order and uh, let the, um, the, the wild GM chair quarterbacking begin. We'll, uh, we'll have more information on that next, uh, next week, actually 7 PM and uh, go bees, go bees, go bees. Go bees. Go bees.